The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Matt Copper from Atomic 29 Productions, and you're listening to Radioactive Metal on the Shining Wizards Network. Welcome to Radioactive Metal. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Corrine, and Aaron. What's up, everyone? Welcome to a Splitting the Atom episode of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 680, and I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, if you want something as hot, as explosive as an atomic bomb, then you need True Cult Coffee, T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T-Coffee.com. Go out there today. Even if you don't subscribe, but you should, you really should. But even if you don't, get on the email list because then you'll know when all the cool stuff comes out and you'll know that if you haven't ordered your Krampus roast, which by the time you hear this episode, you probably haven't, you've missed out and you're on the naughty list. Krampus will be out to get you. I'm just gonna just let in that time for in Christmas. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, when you subscribe to True Call Coffee, not only will you not run out of coffee, you'll get great music every month with your coffee. And man, like I said, get on that email list because it's more than coffee. Not saying that he's going to try and sell you underwear or whatever else, um, but he curates metal type things and so like we had said for halloween he did the special slasher halloween mugs you Mm -hmm. know like you're gonna get creative things that are gonna make you chuckle or smile and they're all gonna be metal based and that's why you should go to truecallcoffee.com today and the very least get on the email list for sure, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's actually something like, okay, as, you know, to draw the curtain back a little bit, as we speak, it's Friday night, like how we do this a lot. Okay. And I'm going over my schedule. It's like, what am I doing this week? What am I doing this week? You know what? It's just, I don't really have much planned after this, after we press stop. Okay, I don't really have much planned for the rest of the week, and that's kind of fine because I think what I want to do tomorrow night is we still have some of that um, special 
Master Blend oh, from yeah. True Cavalt Coffee, which we both love. Both Mrs. Snowy and I, we both love that. And we love Master and Paul Speckman. And, you know, he's a great guy. We got to have him on the show again and all that. So I think what I'm going to do tomorrow night, Saturday night, like I'm told, you're probably ex- expecting, well, Snowy's at Saturday night. Snowy's going to be, you know, front front stage for some band and back to back alley lemmies and all that. Well, I think this weekend we're just going to kick back and make, make a pot of our master brew and just have a, a, a coffee date Saturday night in the living room, watch some horror movies or, or whatever. And just, just kick it at home this weekend. So yeah. Yeah. Thanks for uh, starting this weekend off right by doing this. I know, I know that you really dug last episode our whole thing on Gorgira because that's oh, yeah. that's one of your favorite <laughs> bands right now. So hopefully we can continue that uh, that whole I don't want to say the word trend, but hopefully we can we can follow it up with another kick-ass conversation. Which kind of this episode, like you, our longtime listeners, our regular listeners will remember a couple episodes back we spoke about. Um, the spoken word performances and the fact that Bruce Dickinson was the Bruce Dickinson was doing that and coming to town. And part of that was going to be the Q and a section and all that. And it's like, man, what would we ask like Bruce Dickinson? What would we ask any of these spoken word artists? Well, we're going to answer that later tonight in our discussion before we get to that though we do have a little bit of radioactive metal house cleaning a couple days from now as we speak shining wizards matt from the shining wizards not just the shining wizards network that we are proud members of but the shining wizards podcast itself mr matt bowman Turns the big four zero in a couple days. <sighs> yeah, to only yeah. be forty. To be forty, <laughs> to only be forty again. And he's saying that he wants to, you know, have a little shindig at his place. And it's like, dude, if I wasn't in another country, like you know, I would be there, and all that. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if the state of New Jersey could handle, you know, me and Matt Bowman at the same time. You know, like, woo, oh, set, set, set the world on fire as well. Okay. Shout out and horns up to the Shining Wizards itself because their next episode, which will be about three days after you hear this the first time. Okay. That will, that will mark the Shining Wizards 10th anniversary episode. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, wow. So we want to say hello and happy anniversary, happy birthday to the Shining Wizards. Guys, thank you, Tony, Kev, Matt, for all that you guys do for this show and for Wrestling Night in Canada, our brother program, and just all, all just every, everything they do and all that. We really appreciate it. So we want to say happy anniversary, and here's to another 10 years i'll never forget the first time 
that I discovered this band, I was or this band when I discovered the Shining Wizards network, like this this, this whole network, like before before we joined. Okay, it was about it was 2013, and I was just perusing some of I was researching for this show and just trying to keep up to date with what's going on in the metal world and all that. And I saw the death metal band Abnormality had done an interview with a podcast called Neck Neckbreaker. Oh, okay, so okay, that's cool. Uh, so I went and I looked up Net Neckbreaker podcast. Yeah, okay, there. Got this real kick-ass interview with Malika. Great, great subject. We've had her on the show. We'll have her on again. And this Neckbreaker, okay, is a metal podcast, but it's also a pro wrestling podcast as well. Like they do both. Well, this has my attention. Oh, they're part of the Shining Wizards Network with this show, this show, this show, this show. And before you know it, it's like, oh, my God, I'm in love with all of these shows. This is absolutely fantastic. And then when it came time for the Neckbreaker podcast to kind of. They they figured, OK, we did all we're going to do. We're going to move on to, to bigger and brighter. OK. I got a hold of Shining Wizards Tony from for, from the network and said, "Hey, um, Neckbreaker is leaving. There's there's a spot open. Radioactive Metal would love to jump in." Tony said, "Thank you so much." And the rest has been uh, ancient history. So, yeah, thank you so much, you guys. Ten years, like, dude, to be ten years again, you know. <laughs> uh, only ten years. Yeah. Uh, only 10 years old. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Before we get on with this kick-ass episode, let's get into our mandatory metal segment for true Cavalt Coffee. And you're going to get a real kick out of this band, dude. For the long... Okay, the band Wear Goat. Okay, and yes... <laughs> That's ex that's I knew that was going to oh, be your reaction. I'm okay. so disappointed. This is the first time I'm hearing that <laughs> band name. Okay, well I've known about them for a while. Why didn't we talk about them during Halloween? Like for <laughs> we, real? I know. I know. Like we October first, you should be like, dude, wear goat. And wear I would have gone down that rabbit hole. <laughs> okay, well we'll have wear goat on next October as well. Okay, well. Okay, honestly, the first time when I saw, like, Weregoat, I'm kind of like, oh, okay, that's kind of a, not not too big on the name and the, the artwork and all that. It's like, uh, okay. But you know what? <laughs> I did I did give it a spin. It It is some cool stuff, and it's very appropriate, like, this, you know, this type of music, this type of imagery... Like lines up perfectly with true cavalts because wear goat okay is definitely true cavalt and to uh, to kind of show the world that introduce to introduce wear goat to Aaron let's drop a track from their unholy exaltation of full moon perversity album. 
This is abysmal whore. been very busy this week. Here's our metal fix. Okay, dude, what's going on? All right, so Dixon Flannel Company. Remember I got their um mm-hmm. infectious grooves flannel not too long ago? Right on. Yeah. I got a text and an email that they were going to drop a Misfits flannel, which was like a black and purple and really sharp. Uh-huh. Um, for anyone who didn't know, now that you know, uh, it's sold out, unless they've got it back in stock, it was literally sold out within hours. Like the yeah. Misfits flannel. I'm like, that's pretty cool. And then um, they also came up with a Freddy Krueger flannel that's also sold out. Oh, shit. <laughs> Dude, it's it's sweet. It's sweet. And I was going to send it to you, but by the time I saw it, it was already gone. I'm like, yeah, I'll just tell them about it. It's fine. Because, um, but yeah, so that Dixon Flannel Company, guys, that, that's another one. They're making some really good stuff. To, 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 uh, and this is not an advertisement. Like, we're, we're not affiliated in any way. I just dig it. I really like the stuff they're putting out. And it's just, it's sharp looking clothing that you could wear out, you could wear to work. And, you know, beneath the surface, you're still keeping your rocker going on and, you know, and people won't even realize. So wanted to share that. 
I also found out that next Friday, well, actually, when this drops, um, Lars Fredericks, Fredericks, Frederick Frederickson of um, mm-hmm. Rancid, <laughs> he has a new EP coming out. There's a couple tracks you can already hear, a couple singles that are on it, and it's some good stuff. I was listening to an interview with him, and I was kind of excited because he's doing a cover of a Kiss song, um, and it's the song Coming Home, which is on the... Um, Hotter Than Hell album, and it's one of those those Kiss songs that I, I don't think is very well known. No, um, I was scouring my brain trying to place which record that was until you said it. Yeah, Hot, Hotter Than Hell, and um, it's also on Unplugged. It's, it's how they opened the Unplugged set, was that particular song. Okay. Yeah, so killer, killer, killer tune, and uh, that'll be coming out 11-26, so... Um, Today, as as you're listening, if you're listening on a Friday, uh, but yeah, it'll be out. So it's a good time. And then, um, dude, Converge dropped a new record today. Oh wow! Right on. And um, it's Converge and Chelsea Wolf. And I know I've heard the name Chelsea Wolf, but mm-hmm. I cannot place any of her music. Uh, but it, even as I was like reading through stuff that she's done, I'm like, man, I feel like I should know this. But um, it's actually her and Converge on this record. Right on, like a split. I know, not even a split. It's a collab. Oh, like they're... she's like playing with Converge, singing. Oh, I guess. Okay. Dude, it's really good because I I only discovered Converge a few years back because of the Black Flag tribute that Dillinger Escape Plan did, and when I got that disc. Converge was doing Annihilate this week, and then I started listening to them like, oh god, I like this band a lot, you know. And then so today I'm flipping through the new releases, and I see that Converge released a new record with Chelsea Wolf, so of course I put that on, and it's killer. Right on, yeah, right on. Yes, yes, I'm going to recommend like like you being the musical connoisseur you are. She has an amazing back back catalog of tunes i really think you're gonna dig what chelsea wolf does okay i'll have to go check her out next um you know and and listen to all that stuff and then the last thing i was checking out today is the new exodus albums out drop today yeah yeah dude holy shit that opener right (laughs) holy shit the opener i just i'm listening i'm like motherfucker and I've got to say this, especially the drums, right? Um, mm-hmm. So because Tom Hunting, he tracked all this before he started his chemo. So okay. he was sick when he was doing this. So when you listen to this, like when, when you're sitting there just rocking out and these drums are just insane powerful in the speed, remember he's sick. Right, mm-hmm. he was fighting cancer at that point, um, you know, and he's now gone through his chemo and all that sort of stuff, and he's doing better. He's on the other side, but still, dude, like how many people, how many athletes could perform at the level he performed on that record you under know? those circumstances? Yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, like just mm-hmm. damn. So it's a great record. Um, Zetra's voice is in fine form, and of course, just. All the instruments, oh, they all just sound great. Just all, all the riffs, everything they're doing, it's really a great record. 
Yeah, really yeah. It's it's on the top of my list to pick up the physical product. Yeah, I know it's out on iTunes right now, and I'm sure it's on Spotify and all that. But ah, uh, you know, you know me. I'm I gotta find like the real thing. So that's on the top of my list. Le- leading up to it, every time that I would go over to tonight's extended indie spotlight, Mr. Matt Copper, my yeah. co-host at um, Wrestling Night in Canada, huge Exodus fan. Okay, and he's like, oh, guys, you know the new record's coming out, and whenever like, they dropped a new advanced track or whatever on YouTube or whatever, before we did anything that night, before we did any recording, before we did any wrestling watching or anything like that, okay, we got to play the new Exodus song. Hey, That's fuck, awesome. got to twist my arm, <laughs> you know, and it's some killer stuff. I, I can't wait to hear the whole record. Yeah, man, it's 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 pretty sick. So it's it's really good, and it's just nice to hear. It's just nice to hear like decent metal again, you know. Mm-hmm. And like I was talking with, with uh, my buddy John because we we're, we're we're texting back and forth like crazy lately, and I was saying I'm like you know I feel like a lot of the bands from the '80s that may not have had the same success as Metallica are starting to find a lot more success lately. Mm-hmm. Like if you think about like Anthrax, Death Angel, um, I mean, you know, Slayer just finished up a great run, but Exodus, Exodus is back stronger than ever. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, once Anthrax came out with worship music, that was like a reset button for them, mm-hmm. you know? And, and so it's just been fantastic. And just the music's just gotten better and better. And I mean, these, you know, this is certainly not criticism because I am not either, but these guys are not young. And to play at this level, at this speed, with this precision, and yes, I know you can fix the shit out of stuff nowadays, and you and I were talking about that off air, but I really don't think that they're correcting as much as other people might be correcting because <laughs> these guys are going to play this shit live. They got their shit locked down. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, it's going to be killer live, too. So, yeah, you know, and, um, you know, it's funny when we talk about streaming. I I love having all this stuff at my fingertips. And at the same time, I hate having all this stuff at my fingertips. Mm-hmm. Because nobody has to go through what we went through to find that song, that album, have the heartbreak of getting the album where there's only one song on it you like and the rest of it sucks. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, nobody's going through that anymore. And and I feel like because uh, you know, the general listening population has been robbed of that experience, they don't have the same value we put on stuff. They don't. They you don't. Know? It's yeah. Yeah. That's I got to agree with that. You know, when we found something, it was great. And here's my other beef with streaming. It's digital. There's no, I mean, there's, I guess, hard drive storage um, things. But it, it's not like you have to have a room a certain size. Um, I go nuts when I can't find something on streaming. Because they have everything almost. But like I was looking for, and this is not metal, guys, I know. But I was looking for Chet Atkins in a very particular recording he was famous for called Dizzy Fingers. And 
for the life of me, nowhere on iTunes, didn't see it in Spotify. YouTube had it, you know, thankfully. And they had, right. you know, 30 different versions live recorded, all that sort of, sort of stuff, you know. Um, uh, studio record is what I meant. But I was talking to, again, with my buddy John, and I'm like, you know what? With all this digital access to things, all the streaming, there is no reason everything ever recorded should not be up online. Like Somewhere, online. yeah. Yeah. But I mean, even and and um, I John had a great idea, and I'm really thinking about how I can make this happen. But um, he he told me it's like you need to start a nonprofit because I was telling him like we need to have all the songs available, you know, including stuff that's like public domain at this point that nobody's making money off of because because that's always a thing too. Like if it's public domain. And nobody can make money off it, then you know that doesn't happen, or somebody doesn't own it, or what. How, however, that shit works. But <clears throat> somebody has to be able to put it up somewhere. There's going to be revenue if it's published or whatever you do. But get it up there, and then take that revenue and put that right back into our music programs. Mm-hmm. You know, that's and yeah. I, yeah, that's what I I, uh, I keep thinking. I'm like, man, maybe maybe I really should try to figure out how to start a nonprofit because. <clears throat> Yeah, you know, we've said before on the show, I love more than just metal. Like, I love metal, but I love all kinds of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. And there is so much music that really needs to be archived. And the thing about back a couple episodes when we were talking about Sister Rosetta Tharp, we're only hearing about her now. How much other great music is there that if we start really doing some vinyl digging... We're going to find like these hidden gems by artists that, you know, time forgot. And you get that digitized, you publish it, people stream it or they buy it or whatever. And you take that money. If there's anybody left alive for the family, you know, give money to to them, obviously. Um, But if we could take just some of it and put it towards our music programs, like that's that's how we keep getting good music. You know, mm-hmm. by making sure that the kids won't actually make music. <sighs> Those crazy kids. But <laughs> I digress. That's all I got, man. What's going on with you? Well, myself, I do got <clears throat> a few things here before we get into some cool tunes. Speaking of which, a couple of really cool old school type albums came across my desk. First of all, California's Fortress. Their new record, Don't Spare the Wicked, should be available now via High Roller Records. This is a good slab of um, new wave. Well, now, kind of like if you're into the old school Maiden in Queensryche. Yeah. Okay, you definitely might want to check out the new Fortress as well. Okay, when you go to the record shop and all that, grab both of these records at the same time because while they are kind of different, they kind of complement one another, I noticed as I was listening, because Finland's Bloodsport, okay, their new record, Hot Blood and Cold Steel, will be available now via Gates of Hell Records. And they have that cool new wave of uh, British heavy metal 
sound with a little splash of doom mixed in, I guess you might want to call. And it's both of these bands are coming up with a lot of really neat stuff. I'll uh, drop a couple tracks from both of those records. Um, I'm finally, after four seasons being available up on Netflix, I'm finally getting to the chilling adventures of Sabrina. How is the, that? The, the, the TV show. <clears throat> um, I, I haven't I'm, watched any of it yet. Okay, I'm, as we speak, you know, I only just started it. I'm three episodes in, and I'm really enjoying it. This is, this is not, okay, when you say something like, this isn't your dad's whatever. Okay, we are the dads now. Okay. Oh, we're we're, we're at that age. We are <clears throat> the dads now. So I will say, like, this is not our Sabrina, shall we say. It's just like the, the Archie world itself is no longer, like, it's not ours because Riverdale, like, that, should, that program is just fucked up. Okay. Yeah. And, you have these great um, comic books, Afterlife with Archie, and Archie meets Brett Predator, and don't forget the Vap- um, Jughead. The, the Vap- yeah, that's right. That's right. You know, like there's, there's just the Archie world has ex- has just expanded so much, and it's catering to beyond just little kids and all that. Like when we first discovered them, so I'm really digging this this series and you know how like they kind of use music in the background to enhance what's going on oh yeah i couldn't make out i couldn't make out if this was a cover song or if it was the original because they just use a they just used like the a quick melody line and a quick line from the chorus but do you remember cliff cliff richard's devil woman from 1976 you know devil woman she's going to get you from behind yeah like, does that does that ring a bell at all like yeah, I remember the, it's the it's fuzzy but kid. yeah 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 i was i dug this song as a kid but you know it kind of left my head for literally decades until all it took was that little melody line and that one line from the chorus and it's like, I, I jerked up. I'm like, oh my god, I haven't heard that in years. Wow! And the way they were using it in the movie, you know, for the certain segment, you know, where Sabrina is going to be using a little dark magic to, you know, straighten out some jocks, you know. And it's like, okay, like this is perfect. And I forgot just how great the song was. Okay. <laughs> It's like how how can how can I let this awesome song pr- pretty much die? And so I, you know, I was listening to it all week, and it's like, okay, this is this is this was an amazing song. Like this this is fantastic. I find out as I'm getting back into it and all that, it's been covered. Okay, the Cradle of Filth on the um, the special edition of the Nymphetamine record they, they covered name. it yeah it's awesome yeah oh, that's great name. and as well the 1983 riot born in america okay they covered that 
and their rendition is fantastic. And it's like, how come I don't remember this from then? Okay, I, I didn't have the special edition from the Cradle record, but I don't recall Riot covering this song from back then. And it's like, ah, oh, it's just that moment where even though you're just by yourself, you feel like a knob. It's like, I should have known that. I should have been listening to this for decades now. And ah, oh. so I got reacquainted with an old cool song and it's not like you know and it just it's 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 awesome and we've talked about this on the show before like when you hear cool music from a place from maybe you weren't expecting to hear it from oh yeah like a program like sabrina maybe you're going to hear like the more gothy type stuff but to hear an old classic rock song like that and just have it all come flooding back and just totally renew an interest with that. It's just that's that's the power of music. Yeah, I'm with you. And I've been very interested in that uh, series because I've seen the comic book. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've, I've just been I'm like, oh, I wonder if it's good. Because I, I read one of the Chilling Adventures comics and it's definitely darker. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. <clears throat> You know, but I mean, if you think about it, that's almost what they did with Buffy the movie and Buffy the TV series. Like it got oh, darker, yeah. <laughs> more serious. I mean, there it was still fun. There's still lots to laugh at, but the stories got way better. You know. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, there is a couple episodes, okay, of Buffy that I'm watching with with the misses, and I can hear I can hear the sniffling. You know, <laughs> just some serious stuff going down. Yeah. Yeah, there were some like that. Yeah, yeah. Which that's what entertainment, it's designed to elicit reaction. Good, bad, or, you know, as long as it's not indifferent. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, and finally, while I was kind of pissing around on Bandcamp, speaking about Buffy, this one time on Bandcamp, (laughs) I found... I found a really interesting record label called Rotten Carnage Records. We're all familiar with picture disc albums, obviously. Mm-hmm. You know, I still I still love love buying those whenever I can find a cool one. What Rotten Carnage is, it's this really cool indie label out of Peru, okay, where they re-release on cassette some of the more classic early 90s late 80s death metal albums stuff from carnage suffocation gore guts cancer winter mortem they just have a whole plethora of these wicked releases cassette only okay and they only do about a hundred for each title but they release what they call picture cassettes where on the cassette itself, instead of a label and a printing or whatever, it's a reproduction of the album cover on the cassette itself. And it looks oh, that's really cool. cool. Yeah, yeah. Like, I, it just when you think, and I've seen stuff like this before, but you just kind of, yeah, that's yeah. cool. And then you kind of file it away. For a label, for that to be like their bread and butter for what they do, and to see all of these awesome cassettes i just wanted to give all of our listeners here just you know rotten carnage dot bandcamp dot com 
soon as you're done listening to this, go on to the site there and check this wicked stuff out. Like if you're st- if you still buy cassettes, which I still do whenever I find like a really cool cassette, new or used, you know, I'll I'll pick it up. And even if I don't play it very much, you know, I still want to have it. So I definitely want to get a couple of these rotten carnage records. Um, now how about we just <clears throat> play some records here as i said the new fortress don't spare the wicked available now from high roller records this is devil's wheel
was the aforementioned Blood Sport with Hot from the Hot Blood and Cold Steel album with first song aside one that was Machine Gun as I said available now from Gates of Hell Records and like and like I said you know while you're grabbing that grab the new Fortress too because like I said yeah they're the same but different and that's what you want like when you're in that sort of metal mood and both of those bands really delivered it was some really cool stuff i love okay because we've been there done that as music fans and we remember the new wave of british heavy metal and all of these wicked bands and all that and uh one of the most prominent okay members or one of the most prominent bands to come out of the new wave of British heavy metal, along with Def Leppard and Girls School, Venom, Raven, is the, the, the mighty Iron Maiden. Obviously. Oh, yeah. Okay. And as we said um, a couple episodes ago, that, you know, well, the one and only Bruce Dickinson going to be hitting the road, doing the solo thing. But instead of, you know, doing his awesome solo material... Which that in itself would make a wicked concert. Oh yeah! From all of his like, he's he's got a number of killer solo records that you know we've been buying right from the start, and I would really like to see a lot of those in a live situation. But before we get to that, Mr. Dickinson is touring his spoken word performance. Really looking forward to that. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, part of that, the whole evening with Bruce Dickinson, is going to be a Q&A section. Which I'm not, okay, I kind of get the idea of what it is. I don't know exactly how, I imagine there's going to be a host. And I don't know if he's going to be running around with a mic or, they're, I don't know exactly how they're going to do it. But you're going to get the opportunity to ask Mr. Dickinson a question. You're going to be able to be part of the show if you are so lucky. One of the chosen ones to ask the mighty Dickinson just whatever whatever you want. So that got me thinking, okay, and this is what we do. Okay, we ask bands questions. Okay. Like, we've been doing this for 15 years. I have heard that rumor. You know, yes, yes. So that got me thinking, well, what would I ask Mr. Dickinson, given the opportunity? And then I kind of thought a little more. It's like, well, what about this artist? Well, what about this one? What about, you know, like, because, like I said, a couple episodes ago, we were discussing who we would like to see do this. Yeah. But now... What would we ask them? How would we contribute to the show? And it got the creative juices flowing. Do you have anything just off the top of your head, perhaps, that you would ask Mr. Dickinson, given well, the opportunity? I I think I'd want to know at what point he knew that there was nothing else he was going to do. You know, because I've even even read the book and I still don't think it's clear in his book. 
But I, I think that everybody has a point where they're going to want to quit. Right. You know, and so at what point did he know that, oh, no, I can't quit. Like, I, I have to keep going. I, I think that'd be interesting. But, you know, what I was thinking would be even more fun for us to do right now. And this just hit me right now. Um, but what kind of dumb questions do you think people are going to ask? <laughs> uh, you know, there's there's going to be stuff like, when's the new record coming out and... Now I'm thinking of like somebody like, yeah, how many girls did you sleep with on the Power Slave tour? <laughs> like, yeah, somebody's going to ask that. that. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I would hope not. I would hope if that okay, if you're given the opportunity, okay, in front of a theater full of people and talking to a rock god. You're going to want to step up in the question. You're not going to want to do something stupid. You would think, but man, I can't. I, I can't even begin to tell you how many times I've been in a situation where I would think that people would step up the game, ask something serious, and go out of their way to try to embarrass the person they're asking. You know, yeah, and, and yeah. it's just weird. And and I think there's there are certain people that get off on doing that to celebrities, like ha teach them it's like dude they worked for what they're doing you know it it's not easy it's hard Mm -hmm. so many people look at celebrities and be like oh yeah they don't have to work for a living i'm like yeah you have no fucking idea man they have a hustle there's a hustle yeah yeah like i will never forget when um somebody told me you know back when all the free uh, downloading sites like Napster and stuff were going on and Amster and all that sort of stuff. LimeWire. You know, he's like, well, Aerosmith, they have enough money. Who the fuck are you to decide that? <laughs> that is right. not That's your right. call, man. Not your mm-hmm. call. Like, what if somebody decides that about you right now? Mm-hmm. You know, and they just start stealing whatever. They come to, come to your fridge every day and steal your milk. Like, oh, you got enough money. You know, yeah. like, like, come on, that's just bullshit. So, I, I don't know. I worry that that's going to go on. Um, I, I tell you, like, I think about, um, you know, like, because like, I think I said last time I wouldn't want to talk to Gene Simmons. Um, but then I started thinking about that, and I started thinking about that time that I met him one-on-one. Well, I wouldn't want to see him do the spoken word. I'd, I'd want to do it more one-on-one. But mm-hmm. I think... Like and I would ask this to to any to any artist like like this would be the question I would start asking is like okay what like what what was the band that really got you started you know what's what's the band you heard that I have to do this I have to play music mm-hmm. you know and what are some of the other influences because I I will never forget that conversation with Gene and him telling me, oh, no, check out this player, check out this player. And I would love to have that conversation with everybody, you know, like Mm -hmm. John Five, for example, you know, on his new record, he does a Les Paul song. There's he does George on my mind. He does his own shreddy stuff. And I mean, John Five is in insane over the top. Guitarist. I don't know if anybody else, you know, listening here follows him on Instagram. The guy never puts his guitar down, 
So I don't know how he's managed to have all the children he's had. Um, <laughs> but he never puts the guitar down. And I don't know if I've ever seen him. I mean, granted, I know it's recorded, so he can always do more takes. But, guys, I'm watching his hands. Those hands don't look ever unsure. Ever. You know, like just, man, I, I would love to know, be like, hey, so who's somebody you're, you know, you, you grew up listening to that maybe we don't know about? Like, like what, what's, what's you know, like, like we talk about the guilty pleasure tracks. Like, what's the guilty pleasure track? Or what's what's that secret influence nobody's figured out yet? You know who's another one I'd like to ask that to? It'd be Nikki Six. Because mm-hmm. I and I especially think he's he's really at a spot where he's ready to spill his guts. Like I think, I think not, not like he's ever tried to hide anything anyway. But <laughs> no. I, I, I no, feel he's, like he's literally an open book twice. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like we could get even more though. But but even along that lines, like I told you about um, the Dean Del Rey interview where Nikki talked about songwriting. He's like, nah. He's like, show off the critic. That's how I do it. I. I would love to ask ask that to pretty much every musician I, I enjoy, like Gojira. I sit down, I'm like, all right, what's your approach to songwriting? Like, how how do you get through your blocks? Like, like what what happens? What do you do? Take me through the whole thing, you know? And like, I find that stuff fascinating. I don't know if the rest of our listeners would. I don't know if anybody else would, but like, I geek out on that because I just love a creative process, you know. For sure. No, I totally get that. And I've asked that question to numerous bands. Like, okay, who who are the bands that made you want to do this? And it sounds like like an easy enough question that everyone can answer. But it's interesting. You know, because we all have we all have that creative influence. In yeah. Life, including including guys like Mr. Dickinson. Given the opportunity to but spe- speaking of which and all that, probably what I would ask <clears throat> Mr. Dickinson first and foremost is his reaction when he hears the word legendary. The legendary Iron Maiden, the legendary Bruce Dickinson. And yes, I'm using the same cadence yeah. that I use with every time that we speak to a veteran band, a legendary band that's been around, been there, done that. And there's rhyme and reason as to why I do that. Because first of all, it gets the artist talking. Okay. And not only does it get the artist talking, it gets them in a good mood and puts a smile on their face. Okay. And I'm not going to drop a bunch of names because I've used this on a number of times, but I'm face to face on the tour bus with this legendary metal musician and we sit down hey how's it going have a beer you know what whatever i meant i start off with that question big grin okay smile on his face i can tell he's (laughs) excited to talk and we're off to the races and i would love to see that reaction from from dickinson that's awesome right on right on and just for my own personal um just for my own personal knowledge and all that, does he still consider Iron Maiden and Def Leppard at that at too as well? Are these bands still considered would he consider them new wave of British heavy metal? That's because a I, great question. Because <clears throat> once you yeah, because once you get once you get beyond that cult status, 
which Maiden and Def Leppard definitely are, you know, some people like like us old timers that went through the whole new wave, okay, we might not see them in that same light, you know, because it's the old thing, like our 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 personal toy, our private property, you know, the thing that we know about and Joe and Jane Average doesn't. Okay. Well, all of a sudden, Joe and Ange, Joe and Jane Average know who knows who Maiden is, knows who Def Leppard is, doesn't know who Bitches Sin is, you know, <laughs> right. doesn't know who Vardis is, doesn't know even who Girl School is. So those things aren't necessarily like our personal toy anymore. So it'd be kind of interesting, you know, to see if you know where Dickinson and where Joe Elliott is in that in that department so you know what though like that's an interesting question and i i still think of them both as new album you know that they they still uh, and iron maiden you know it's funny about iron maiden because you know uh senjutsu just came out what a couple months ago and um Mm -hmm. dude i really love that record really really love that record it's so good and that that's the thing is like when i think about the new maiden the new exodus um even the new converge you know these are bands that are not new bands and they're still performing at the top of their game they're still groundbreaking you know it's it's not even like like i hear sinjutsu i'm like okay it's just another maiden record because it's not like there's a lot of stuff like if you're an old Maiden fan you're going to like if you're a new Maiden fan you're going to like it's just a great record but I, I think at least for me like I feel like the essence of being a new wave of British heavy metal band is that you're pushing the envelope kind of like what punk rock was doing you know mm-hmm. like if you think about what, what the Ramones were doing they, they were really pushing the envelope they stripped rock and roll down to its roots turn it up and sped it up, you know, and Iron Maiden kind of went the other way. They said, what if we made a fucking opera, but did it with heavy metal distorted guitars, you know, and mm-hmm. I'm oversimplifying that a lot, but I mean, I, I, I feel like Sinjutsu is just as good as like, say like a Killers or a, um, ah, fuck. Um, no, I had it. Yeah, a number of the beast. I'm like, why? I'm like, I can picture the album cover. Why can't I remember the the, the title here? You know. Mm. No, I get that. I get that for sure. For sure. What else? Given the opportunity, what else? Who? Who? And what would you speak? Well, you know what? I so we kind of talked about artists we want to hear like that last time, like do a spoken word like this, right? Mm-hmm. And you know who I would really want to hear from? Mike Watt. Oh, yeah. But That's I don't nice. think he'd do it because I think he's a little too shy. Okay. Given okay. the opportunity, what's the first thing you would ask him? Well, I, I think what I would want to do is I would I would literally volunteer to go around with him. Oh, no. How terrible. Um, but... But, like, basically, like, be the guy that prompts him, you know, like, so he could have a conversation. And I I think I would, 
because I've already asked him about it, like how he how he song writes, you know. But um, I I think I'd start with why do you still play bass? Because you know at this point he could play any instrument, and he's talked about how you know he had no idea what he was doing when he started. You know, like like literally, I love the fact that um, you know. He thought that tuning was just a personal preference thing. You okay. just turn the strings to what you thought felt good to you, and that's how he tuned the guitar. And that in itself is brilliant, and I would love to hear what that sounded like because his man, his approach to the to the instrument, it's so different than anybody else I've ever talked to, you know, and just music in general. He's just phenomenal. Like, um, man, for for the longest time, I've switched computers um, a couple times since. I need to dig it up again. But I would I would keep his interview that I did for Iron City Rocks handy. Um, just just listen to for inspiration when I got stuck. I mean, it, it's just so many great things he talked about. It's like, yeah, I go out or I do this and that and this. Man, even his, his photography, yeah, photography is good. You know the way oh, he approaches no. that. Oh, no. So I don't know, man. Like, I he be he be a fun one. I I think would do one, but I, so <laughs> let me let me ask you this one. So. Who's an artist that you would love to ask a question to, especially in a forum like this, but you think they would be just too shy to even do something like this? Oh, um, it would probably be like uh, one of the younger bands or um, a musician that doesn't necessarily like, okay, the the singer the guitarist they're the ones that get all the attention yeah well you know sometimes the drummer sometimes the bassist and all that kind of gets kind of gets pushed back so that makes me think okay um jeez oh, from Judas Priest for the longest time Mr. Ian Hill Okay, he was in the background. People never really before. I think he was had some legal problems and was brought up with some charges and all that. But before, no, no. Oh, see, I'm trying to do this off the off the top of my off the top of my head. But all of that stuff aside, I would definitely, and it doesn't necessarily have to be him. Yeah, but just someone that isn't. That doesn't get a lot of the spotlight like why not you know why are you just content with sitting in the background and just being a musician why do you not want why do you not want the adulation why do you not want to do the press why do you not want to do this why do you not want to do that and i can understand you know some people are shy you know some people have anxieties and all that and i get that and that is totally acceptable but for each individual i would kind of want to know why you know i that that would be fun mm-hmm. uh, that'd be very interesting to hear because you're right because there are some of those artists that are forever in the background but do so much you know right 
But then there's a guy like Jay Maskus, who's, you know, the front of Dinosaur Jr. And any interview I've seen with him, he, he just, he mumbles through it. He barely looks at the camera. Like you can tell it is painful for him. It's just not something he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like, uh, and, and I bet, man, I bet hanging out with him would just be a blast. You know, if you could get him to open up and just like, okay, walk me, walk me through your rig. Take me through this. How do you write songs? You know? Mm-hmm. And I, I bet there'd be a lot of stuff there. And well, <laughs> use know, the legendary question. Trust me, that'll get him going. I don't think so. Not with him, man. Like, because I mean, you know, Henry, um, Big Hank, there is one of his contemporaries, <laughs> and like, you know, even even Henry says he's like, yeah, he's like, I'll go up to Jay Mascus and freak out on him, and um, whoa, yeah, you know that concert? Why well, had this vinyl? Was the yellow vinyl the the, the bootleg press? And um, and he does his best Jay Maskus impression, which I can't do, but it's just, oh, thank you very much, you know. <laughs> and j- just this mumbling kind of thing. I just laugh every time I see it because it's like, yeah, there's there's those handful of artists that just don't want anything to do with the spotlight, mm-hmm. you know. The opposite of Jay Maskus, though, in terms of that would be Scott Ian from Anthrax. Oh, yeah. He's already, like, he has done... Since 1982, from just doing local New York fanzines when Anthrax, you know, was just unsigned. They had the 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 cow skull logo and all that, and they were just teenagers still in high school, you know. Then they were still doing interviews like in that that capacity like the old fanzines and all that and college radio stations all the way up to playing yankee stadium and being interviewed by rolling stone magazine like the guys spoken to everybody oh yeah okay so it would be kind of hard like to ask to find something to ask mr ian because he's done the spoken word stuff and that's definitely someone that i would like to see but for myself, I would like to go back a little bit in time to the first record when they had to fire Dan Lilker from as their bass player. And of course, Lilker went on to form nu- 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 Nuclear Assault and a number of bands over the years. The guy's gone on to a legendary, like, he was the, Dan Lilker was the very first um, he was the very first artist that I ever asked the legendary question to. It just kind of, it just kind of hit me. Well, let's ask him this, and then I was off and running with that. But pre-nuclear salt, that first record, Dan Lilker was the bassist in Anthrax. They let him go at the from the pressure and the request from the vocalist Neil Turbin. Which I don't mind saying, after my experience with Turbin, the guy's everything about him is true. The guy's a dink. <laughs> okay, like, <laughs> like he just everyone that we had to deal with him when he came in through town, he was the vocalist for uh, um, Onslaught when Onslaught and Artillery came through town and Nights Rocket from Onslaught has already said I don't even like this guy anymore. Like. <laughs> It's just, it's just the guy. The guy was a complete knob. Yeah. 
you know. Okay, but when you're young and all that and you really don't know what to do, like there's a tough situation that Scott Ian and the other band members were in because, you know, the vocalist is, is you know, the representation of the band and all that. Dan Lilker is a tall motherfucker. <laughs> okay? Oh, is he? Like, yeah, he, he is huge. Like, I'm 5'11". Five, five when I'm face-to-face with him, I have to crane my neck. Okay? Like, he's he is definitely up there. Turbin didn't like the idea that Lilker was taller than him. Oh, jeez. That was the superficial reason. And the other guys went along with it and of course we all know what happened soon after they got rid of Lilker Turbin showed what he was all about they got rid of him in comes Joey Belladonna the rest is rock and roll history right I would like to ask Mr. Ian does he ever regret it what was going through his head when he had to let this tell this awesome bassist and good friend you know that you know, we had we had the band meeting. We have to let you go. You know, like that's that's definitely going to get him thinking. And it's 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 a tough question. And I've I've made no bones about the fact that sometimes in radioactive metal we have to we we ask the tough questions without going into the sewer and without just asking just brain brain dead shit. We just you know, it's that that's a tough question and I I would like to hear the answer for Yeah, it. that would be an interesting one. Mm-hmm. Because it would be. as 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 a fan though, if they didn't do that, we wouldn't have got nuclear salts. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? And is and that has been, you know, a favorite band since that first record drop since the game over record and i still remember bot pick picking it up and and just ah and meeting the lilker and all that it's just these are memories that like i'm always gonna have so it was it was a tough situation but in hindsight it gave us so much what you got now well you got me thinking when you said that scott ian is never at a loss for words you know what other artist is never at a loss for words? David Lee Roth. <laughs> yeah. I'm surprised. I this, yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't already done something like this. Mm-hmm. Maybe not necessarily while doing something like this while as a vocalist for Van Halen, but now there's so much water under the bridge and he's older now. And so, you know, he's not out doing the David Lee Roth thing every night, this is probably a good avenue for him. Yeah, it's a, that's, that, uh, that's, that's a great idea. What would you ask him? I, I honestly don't know where to start. Like, I, I almost want to ask, like, why have you done everything? Like, I, I, I want to get inside, like, what's driving him? Because not only is he, you know, like, arguably one of the most recognizable rock vocalists of our time, right? Like everybody knows Diamond Dave, whether you know Diamond Dave with Van Halen or whether you know the solo years, you know, like the Eat 'em and Smile years. Um, 
But not only was he, you know, multi-platinum selling artist, he's a pilot. He's um, an EMT. I've, I've heard rumors that he's like a jungle explorer, you know, <laughs> like, <laughs> like this guy just gets into doing everything, like all of it. And so, you know, I, I would just like to know more about what what is happening is his his head when he gets up in the morning. Like I get up in the morning, it's like, oh God, everything hurts. I gotta get up. You know, how do I do this? And I mean, I've seen his live shows. He's gotta hurt worse than I do. What what's going through his head is he says, you know what, today I I think I'm gonna become an astrophysicist. You know, like <laughs> like what is with him? He's and he's just so much damn fun all the time, you know. Mm-hmm. Right on, right on. With with David Lee Roth, okay. I like I've I've often said, okay, because I was not a big fan of Van Hagar. Like they had a couple good songs here and there and all that, but I would just ask Roth, when writing Eat Him and Smile, were you trying to make the seventh Van Halen record? Is this you was that your idea? of that or was just were you trying to do something completely David Lee Roth yeah no, I know, what you know because I've I've often said I think like Eat Him and Smile is the seventh real Van Halen record and all that so it, it, dude it is a great record but you see oh it is I actually like the Van Hagar years I think 5150 is brilliant Okay. And Fair you know, any anyone who wants to disagree with me, feel free, but you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> you know, well, that's but, the great thing about opinions. There's no right and wrong. Exactly. You know, and and, and like I also a, like OU812. Like both both of those records I like a lot. But OU812, like I listen to that one over and over and over. Like I I know a lot of those songs by heart still. You know. But um, yeah, it, and you know it's funny though. Like I almost liked "Eat Him and Smile," Dave better than um, when he did. Oh, this is gonna be blasphemy, but I think I almost liked "Eat Him and Smile," Dave better than 1984, Dave. Uh, okay, no, I I could kind of see that. I you like. Opinions are what they are. Yeah, but yeah. I I could see because everyone has even like when you're into a band that has that multi-album discography. Well, what what record is your favorite? And it's like, well, I love them all, but this record, record A, record C, or whatever, you know, has just gotten more spins than all the others. So no, that 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 stands to reason. And, and it's almost like with Edmund Smile, it's almost like Dave is finally like, okay, everything I wasn't allowed to do, now I'm going to do. Right. You know, but also vice versa on the Van Halen side, right? 5150 was not 1984. And it certainly wasn't like the first couple of records. Yes. Yeah. You know, and same with OU812. I mean, all like, I, I honestly don't know if I could say there's a bad Van Halen record unless I would have to like be a jerk and say the Jerry, Gary Sharon record. 
Um, right. Which I have no opinion of because I'd never give it a spin. I yeah, like I, I have it. I expected it to be a little bit better. Um, okay. I, I think it'd be interesting for me to listen now, though, um, and, and see what I think of now. But I mean, you know, like the 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 Van Halen records we got post Dave leaving, and then the Dave Lee Roth records. It's kind of like what you just said with dismissing Loker. You know, without dismissing Loker, we wouldn't have had Nuclear Assault. And we got so much more music because of that single event. You know? Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. With Merciful Fate, the band Merciful Fate, okay, there could not be a Merciful Fate without King Diamond. No. No, like not okay. at all. <laughs> and and even like when King Diamond left Merciful Fate and formed his own band or solo, whatever you want to call it, okay, like there was no, there's just, there's never been a Merciful Fate album without King Diamond at the helm. Okay, and I'm really surprised, like when we were having this discussion about who we would like to do the spoken word and all that, like. He's definitely one that I probably should have thought of, and I just didn't, and I'm kind of kind of kicking yeah, but myself with that. Stories. Oh, hey, I'm sure that he does. I would like to ask him, so were you trying to copy Gene with the makeup for real? Yeah, because of the lawsuit. Oh, yeah. But, but I mean, you know, you know Gene. Like, oh, I invented having yeah. hair. I'm going to sue everybody yeah. that has hair. <laughs> Who has, that has hair. You yeah. know, like, so, I mean, Gene, I love you. I, I do love you. But, I mean, you know, like, like that's that's part of part of his shtick. So, I'd be really interested, because I've, you know, seen some of that early makeup, so... You know, were you really trying to go for a Gene Simmons look yeah. at first? Like, <laughs> like what, what, what really drove that? Like, I and I want the truth. <laughs> you know, like let me put you on a polygraph here, real quick. <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 another thing that we probably should have specified. Put him on a polygraph. Yeah, uh, the Wonder Woman's lasso of truth. <laughs> the I, golden lasso. Yeah. I, Take that to the spoken word show, and before yeah. we before you know, I come up to the mic. I quickly okay. Now I ask this question: When I first saw like the 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 new King Diamond makeup, you know the the controversial one that Simmons filed the lawsuit about and all that. Not once did I think Kiss. I just thought that doesn't look like the the merciful fate makeup that i knew kiss never even entered my head until like a little 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 while while later my initial response is like that's that's doing something different but you know what's cool without that lawsuit we wouldn't have the diamond we have today uh, maybe yeah it's definitely part of the merciful fate of king diamond folklore it's definitely part of the history if i had the opportunity to ask king diamond anything okay i would go back a little bit okay before before metallica blew up i think it was i read an interview in a fanzine no no it was an interview 
with yeah, it was with Lars. Okay, and it was in the a fanzine. Just you know, it's just it is what it is. It was just a smaller independent magazine. Yeah, it was called the Crucible. Okay, okay, and it was just just after they had signed on to Electra, but I believe it was before Master came out. Okay, and I don't know how drunk Lars was when he did this interview, but this kind of always stuck out to me. Okay, where he claimed that King Diamond had put a curse on Metallica. Okay, there was there was an incident. They were playing a live show together, and the band kind of pissed off King Diamond and all that. Well, Lars claimed because of that, he put a curse on Metallica, and he's also put a curse on Manowar. Okay, and right after he did that, both bands signed to major labels. That's Master of Puppets, and then Sign of the Hammer came out right after King Diamond put this alleged curse on them. And when I read that, I thought, man, really, Lars, you're you're believing some other band's hype, you know, <laughs> like you're, you're buying another band's bullshit and all that. So my question to King Diamond, did you ever put a curse on Lars? <laughs> That'd be a great question. And better yet, <clears throat> what all bands have you cursed? What else? Yes. You know, like yes. maybe, maybe we find out that he is also cursed um, uh, like, like what? Think of some other major major artists from the eighties that blew up big. Oh, you know, well, yeah, did you yeah. curse Megadeth? You know, yeah. <laughs> did you essentially curse all the bands in the Big Four? You know, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. That's right. What about Exodus? You know, they yeah, were. Why like, didn't you curse Exodus, jerk? Oh, yeah. You know. <laughs> That's it. So that's that's what I that's what I got because okay because that's a question, you know it's it's an obscure reference from some little black and white fanzine, okay that only someone who's psychotic about metal like I was and still am would know about this quote, okay. <laughs> so, it, like. His first initial reaction would be like, "Where the fuck did you hear that from?" And it's like, "Well, well, this is the source. This is why I'm asking because it's probably not the most credible." But I just want to get Mr. Diamond's reaction to it. I think it would have been a lot of fun. Yeah. Or maybe it could go the other opposite direction because I've had. And no, no names, but I've done interviews with bands and I've asked kind of a ribal question and I can see the look on their face and where they're just like, okay, that's kind of weird. Like, can we just stick to the usual stuff? And I'm like, okay, well, if you want a boring interview, well, then we will, but I prefer to get something out of my subjects and all that. And that's probably a question that no one has ever asked King Diamond. Oh, guarantee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of all of my ideas. And I'm sure if I had given myself more time and all that, just I'm sure there's 
800 bands and there's 800 other questions. So maybe sometime down the line, maybe um, in May, May of 2022, Big Hank is coming through Winnipeg. So maybe we should uh, revisit this idea as well back then. But do you have anything? No, man, I think we've run the gamut here. Right on. That's cool because um, that kind of moves us into our next segment. I'm really stoked to be bringing tonight's extended Indie Spotlight. We're always on the lookout for fresh new talent. Check out this Indie Spotlight. If you are a relatively new listener and you haven't quite up to speed on exactly what an extended indie spotlight is, because we actually haven't had one in a while, basically what the idea of the extended is, is kind of just, I guess, as it sounds, instead of just playing like the music from an indie band that we really dig and want to expose... We go that one step further, actually sit down with the band, press record, and get their take on their tunes. Here at Radioactive Metal, though, we also, as much as we love band interviews, and we will always do them, every once in a while, we like to kind of expand, speak to some of the unsung heroes that don't necessarily get as much attention and impress that that a a vocalist or guitarist gets band managers, producers, authors. We've had all sorts of amazing people that just aren't creating the music. I kind of wanted with this episode to take that same idea, but kind of put it in within the realms of the indie spotlight sat down with my good friend, Mr. Matt Copper, who not only is my co-host here on the Shining Wizards Network on the Wrestling Night in Canada podcast, because he's a huge wrestling fan as well as a big metalhead. He is also a producer of local indie releases with his Atomic 29 Productions company. Which, basically, it's his basement, which I've been in many times. That's where we actually record Wrestling Night in Canada. I've seen I've seen his setup, and he's got it going on. So that kind of got my wheels turning. It's like, dude, indie bands do get interviews, interviewed. What about indie producers, though? And I don't mean the Brian Slagles that are on doing independent albums i'm talking true indie total diy now sure a lot of bands do their first recordings and their demos you know through a four track or even live through the air on an old-fashioned ghetto blaster like they did years ago when we were (laughs) we were teens regardless of how it sounds you know a lot of bits some bands might want to take that extra step 
get into a kick-ass studio and produce that killer demo, that killer indie release, that's going to get some attention. Yeah. And an individual, a talented individual like Mr. Matt Copper, would be the guy to go to, to get that sound and get it out there. So... I went to Mr. Matt Copper's place, sat down, press record. I said, dude, tell me all about it. So without further ado, in tonight's extended indie spotlight, this is none other than good buddy, good friend of the show, Mr. Matt Copper of Atomic 29 Productions. Uh, first and foremost, I'll already have given you some sort of intro and all that, but mm -hmm. maybe just to give the listeners some idea of who you are, what you do, your mother's maiden name, you know, <laughs> what whatever you figure would be best to, for our listeners to give some idea of who you are and what you do. All right. Well, my name is Matt Copper. I'm an uh, audio engineer working out of uh, Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. I have my own company called Atomic 29 Productions. If you're familiar with the periodic table of elements, you'll get that reference. But if you're not, well, Google it. <laughs> I'm not here to educate you. Uh, as for my mother's maiden name, uh, no, I'm, uh, no, it's okay. Yeah, I'm not going to give that up. I don't. I don't need uh, any scammers out there having too much information on me. No, no, you definitely, you definitely don't want that. Yeah. So basically, what this is is part of the indie spotlight which we have every episode of radioactive metal every once in a while when there's a band that kind of that we really dig we want to go the extra mile for we'll do an extended indie spotlight meaning mm -hmm. we do what we do now right we'll give them a couple we'll give them about 15 minutes air time just to kind of get their story out along with you know some of their latest tunes with what you do mm -hmm. though it's something different a little bit and it's still diy mm -hmm. you're still in the same ballpark as an indie band mm -hmm. so i thought hmm we got to get mr copper on and kind of give his story about everything that he does so basically atomic 29 a home studio yep and you produce unsigned bands. Yes, exactly. Uh, we have local Winnipeg bands. Uh, I've worked with like over half a dozen in the, I guess, six or seven years since I've been doing this. Uh, okay. I've only been at this location for the past two years. Okay. But I think I've worked out of three other locations, including my parents' basement <laughs> at one point. So uh, I'm glad, I'm, I'm sure that they're very glad that that is no longer a thing. Right. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. Well, I think, I think even with lo with local bands at one point, they've all jammed in a parent's basement. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's uh, <laughs> kind much of, to yeah. Their chagrin. Yeah. There's a lot of parents that have had to put up with that, that um, are, we're thankful that even though, they, I'm, I'm sure that a lot of parents thought uh, at the earlier age, like, oh, this is just a phase, they'll grow out of it. But even if they don't grow out of it, eventually they'll get a job and they'll be able to afford renting a space yeah, to do to this go, instead to get, of... Yeah, to get your shit out yeah, of my house. <laughs> instead of doing it in their basement. So. Yeah, yeah. Just because I, I remember growing up, I was, you know, just, just playing music. Mm-hmm. 
And my dad would always be banging on the door. Turn that shit down. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. I've been there. Yep. <laughs> you know, you know, it must it must be absolutely worse for when they're actually jamming. Mm-hmm. What just off the top of your head? What are some of these releases that you've worked on? Uh, well, my first major release uh, I, I got to work on was Entity's uh, debut full length album, which was called Phobia of the Formless. That was the first actual full length album that I had any. Uh, hand in doing a recording and mixing on mm-hmm. and uh from there i worked with i worked on dark messiah's first ep i did all of the recording mixing and mastering on that i did most of the recording and all of the mixing on uh as specter's wither by inverted serenity mm-hmm. uh which that's that's up there with my favorites not not to not to say that all any of my releases suck i'm just <laughs> saying everyone's got their favorites everyone's got their favorites yeah, yeah. uh after that i went on to uh, produce most of and mix uh, Vathic's debut full-length album, Boarded Origins. Uh, at the same time I worked on that, I recorded the vocals and did the mixing and mastering for Inhume's debut album, Volume 1. Right. Uh, I've also done... I did the full producing, mixing, and mastering. The first uh, production that I did out of this studio was the Inhumed single, I Feel Nothing, where I did all of the recording, mixing, mastering, production... All of that front to back, cover to cover, whatever you, you want to say was done here in Atomic 29 Productions. And I also mixed and mastered Undead Miscreants uh, EP, which was there was actually a, uh article about that in a Brazilian metal magazine that uh-huh. I have framed up in my office upstairs. Cause <laughs> oh, I, 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 can, I consider that, that a milestone. Yeah, right? yeah, I haven't seen that yet. I got to check that out. Yeah, I'll show it to you. Yeah. And... Uh, as of right now, I've got a couple projects that I'm working on, but I just finished, as of today, I finished the final mixes for an EP for a rock band called Righteous Fist. Mm-hmm. Now, these guys were kind of out of my wheelhouse when it came to mm-hmm. what I usually work with, because like, like with those other bands that I mentioned are all like death metal or some sort of metal band. Uh, so those were always kind of in my wheelhouse, but this one, when I was, uh, I got asked to take on the project by uh, their guitar player and vocalist uh, Roger. He, he contacted me on Facebook and at the recommendation of uh, their other guitar player uh, Ryan Maristy. And I had actually worked on a, a track that Ryan had sent me for mixing and mastering, which I don't ever, I don't think ever ended up getting released. But uh, either way, it's still. He heard my work from the Vathic album and wanted me to work on that track, and then he recommended Roger. Oh, because Brian was recording the the Righteous Fist album, and he said, "Oh, I recommend this guy Matt. He he would be good for mixing and mastering." So Ryan, uh, Roger got a hold of me, and I had already worked with Righteous Fist drummer uh, Rob uh, pre- previously with Dark Messiah. So yeah, we have <laughs> so there, it's still some ties in there from my previous work right. and. Uh, yeah, uh, so I got sent the tracks, and initially I was like, how am I going to do this? This is like a totally different style of music that I have never really worked with before. Mm-hmm. So it, it kind of got me like a little worried. I'm like, can I do this? Am, am I going to be able to do this? <laughs> like In the back of my mind, I was like, this isn't death metal. Uh, what do I do? And then eventually I just said, you know what? Fuck it. I'm just going to do what I know how to do, and if it turns out good... Then good. Great. Then, yeah. yeah. And uh, I got the final mixes to Rob and Roger today. They gave me the thumbs up. They love what they're hearing. And that's like the biggest, 
weight that can be lifted off of a person <laughs> in my profession's chest is that if the band is happy with what you've given them. Right on. Yeah. Of course. That's that's what you're always shooting for. Mm-hmm. Can you make a living off this? Uh, hopefully I can. As of right now, it's kind of just like a hobby right. that uh, that I do on my spare time because I do have my money job, my full-time job, as, as most of us do. <laughs> so mm-hmm. uh, my long-term goal is hopefully that the right person will hear my work and I'll be able to like impress the right people and hopefully be able to work with a signed band one day yeah, as uh yeah that, that, one that, of the that's bigger the goal. Indie labels yeah yeah i mean if i can work with exodus at some point that would be great but i, <laughs> I i'm not saying that's going to happen but it, you know if it's pretty high up on the list right right, right. <laughs> but like if i could work with yeah like any indie label bands uh like yeah Get get at me on Facebook. Right, <laughs> if, right. if you if you love my, if you like my work, <laughs> go on. <laughs> give her, give her. I'm for willing sure. to work with you. Every unsigned band, every garage band, and all that, they have their initial influences. Mm-hmm. Okay, with what you do, do you have any name producers that you kind of would consider an influence with what for what you do yeah uh my biggest influence i'd have to say is probably andy sneep and he has worked with a bunch well he's worked with exodus on their last uh or every album since tempo of the damned pretty much Mm -hmm. or he's done all the mixing and mastering for them anyway and also uh recording on some albums and uh he's also worked with like testaments and arch enemy nevermore uh I could keep going, but that, that kind of like sums it up right there. <laughs> like his right. body of work. Uh, Jens Bogren from Sweden. He's worked with, uh, he's, he's done the last two Sepultura albums. Like oh, right. he's worked with, uh, Symphony X. Uh, he's worked on James Labrie from Dream Theater's solo albums. Uh, yeah, he's got a client list a mile long, just like Andy Sneep too. So, <laughs> and, uh, geez, off the top of my head. Um, Kurt Ballou, who has worked with uh, Nails and Skeleton Witch, yeah. he's he's con, con, yeah. yeah yeah he's good yeah convert yeah from converge, converge yeah. yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm drawing a blank here. I'm sure I'm sure there's many more I could list, but <laughs> yeah, off the top of my head, yeah. But yeah, that kind of yeah. gives you like I'm really really into like the modern like that's kind of my goal is to be kind of go into that modern uh, metal style production. Oh, guys like Colin Richardson too, who's worked with Machine Head and Carcass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, as of late, guys like Josh Wilbur, who's worked with Lamb of God. Same with Machine, who's worked with Lamb of God. Uh, oof, who else? Yen, uh, no. Uh, Juan Ortega, who works with a lot of Bay Area thrash bands on their yeah. uh, newest albums. I think he he's doing the new Violence L, uh, EP. Oh, right. I on. think so. Yeah. Excellent. Yep. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Yeah. I'm glad you got your shit down. With with producers and all that, because if we ever do an episode where we have a discussion about producers, mm-hmm. dude, we're gonna tap you okay. and get you on the horn. And and finally, you kind of touched on this, but um, your dream gig, my dream gig, yeah, yeah, yeah. Some label calls calls you up and says, "Hey, dude, we got this band that we would really <laughs> love you to work with." For you, who would? that band be well uh i knew i know i would never be able to get a chance to mix them as long as andy sneep's doing his thing but if i could get a chance to record and work with a band like exodus because they've been probably my favorite band since tempo of the damned came out in 2004 
Mm-hmm. They kind of usurped Metallica. Like after, after Saint Anger came out, my spirits were low, <laughs> and I was just like, "Oh, what do I do now?" <laughs> like I, I was expecting this to be their big comeback album, and it's just disappointing. And then one year later, Temple of the Damned comes out, and I was just like, "Oh, I've always heard of Exodus, but I've never checked out their stuff." So, ah. yeah. I checked out Temple of the Damned, and then I went through their whole back, back catalog with Fabulous, uh, Pleasures, Bonded by Blood, and I loved everything I heard, and then they continued to pump out like uh, awesome album after awesome album over the years with uh, a couple different singers, but uh, yeah, like uh, after watching interviews with those guys, seeing what kind of people they are, like they seem like cool dudes to hang out with and make music with, and uh, I, I just love their style. They're their songwriting style, their playing style, like their everything, everything about Exodus, I pretty much love. Right so on, that would right that on. would probably be my dream gig, right there. We can personally attest that Mr. Tom Hunting is a really cool dude. We've had him on the show. Yeah, yeah, I've talked to. Uh, I think ten years ago, uh, Exodus played the Garrick with uh, Arch Enemy. And during Arch Enemy's entire set, I just talked to Gary Holt out in the lobby for an hour and a half. <laughs> that was that was the highlight of that show for me. <laughs> Other than Exodus' set, of course. Of course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, well, before we drop a track for to accompany this interview, what mm. um, I'll let you choose. In, okay. In, in, intro the song. This is okay. This well, is this is uh, an upcoming song off of the Righteous uh, Fist EP that I mixed and mastered. Uh, since it's a metal podcast, I think I, I, I decided to choose the most, uh, one of the heavier songs on the EP of the five. So this song is very Alice in Chains inspired. I know, uh, Roger is a huge fan of that band too. And, uh, yeah, this, uh, like all five songs are great, but this one just kind of stuck out to me. I thought it would be really awesome for people to hear it first. This song is called Just Another Lover Denied.
Everyone knows a lot of things can change in the span of 10 years. But when it comes to professional wrestling podcasting, one thing is still guaranteed. The Shining Wizards is the only place to get all the latest wrestling news, interviews with the greatest guests, and of course, tons of laughs in discussing the world of wrestling. The show is still available on Monday nights at 7 p.m. East on RantDMRadio.com and Rant Entertainment Media on the TuneIn app. And it's still available on all podcasting platforms. To check us out, head over to ShiningWizards.com where it's still wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. That is just a sample of the awesome work by Mr. Matt Copper from Atomic 29 Productions. That is Winnipegger's righteous fist with just another lover denied facebook.com slash righteous fist available now on uh, on the band camps as well you're going to want to check that out and of course you can contact mr copper for all of your recording needs maybe go through facebook facebook.com slash atomic 29 bands okay i've seen i've heard the work i've seen what this guy does and he comes well recommended here from radioactive metal so thank you so much matt for hanging out tonight and let's kind of maybe do this a couple years from now when he's a big time producer with metal blade or with with you know with prosthetic or, or who, who knows this the sky's the limit for him well my friend i certainly hope uh you had another awesome time tonight discussing all of this great metalness how can uh, people get a hold of us well facebook.com slash rad metal head there we put stuff there. What kind of stuff? I don't know, because I don't go to Facebook anymore. So you just have to trust that Snowy's putting out some good shit. And uh-huh. he typically does, so we're all right there. <clears throat> um, but I do go to Instagram, at RadMetal666 on Instagram. And uh, we stated last time that as Snowy and I go to shows or what have you, we're going to try to put stuff up in real time. Um, and, you know, this where we also post, like, the cool things we pick up, various albums, comic books, whatever it is, you know. So definitely hit that up. You want to send us an email, radmetal666 at gmail.com. Drop us a line there. You can find us on iTunes. You can find us in the Google Play, whatever it is now. I, I honestly don't even know how to find a podcast on Android. Um but there's all sorts of podcast places. There's podcast apps. So I challenge you to do two things. One, well, the first one's not a challenge. It's just an ask. If you would please leave us a review wherever you listen to your podcast app, because that will help other people find us. But then the mm-hmm. other challenge is I dare you to find a podcast aggregator that we're not on. And when you mm-hmm. figure that out, well, one, drop us a line, those social media places we talked about. Um, but two, submit us since you're there already. You know, For sure. For like, sure. And then like, let yeah. us know. Exactly. We'll give you a shout out here, man. Like we, we talked about the guy that sent us the email, the, uh, the pop punk guy who is 
like three sheets of the wind, and that was a great one. That's still one of my favorite emails ever. Mm-hmm. I just I laughed just thinking about that email. It's great. Um, but then we have also mentioned tonight once already um, the fantastic folks at the Shiny Wizards Network. Matt Bowman turning the big four zero to only mm-hmm. be forty again. You know. Um, just so you know, Matt, I'm 10 years ahead of you. And so I, I can always just keep you posted on how these ages feel, you know, <laughs> Snowy and I are test driving them before you get here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, man, uh, the shining wizards network, shiny wizards network.com, a whole host of great podcasts out there, including, um, you know, us and a wrestling night in Canada. Yeah, that sounds familiar. And thanks to the fine folks at the Shining Wizards, you can also find us on Spotify now. If you go look for Shining Wizards Network on Spotify, we're there. It's a good time. Um, I feel like I'm missing something. Oh, radioactivemetal.org. That's the website. That's where mm-hmm. all the episodes are. Go there. Go right to the source. Download them all. Catalog them. Turn them into a non-fungible token. <laughs> you know. That's right. And tell your friends. Tell your friends. At the very least, hey, tell someone that we are still on the air and still killing it every week. Killing it right now on the road supporting the mighty Exhumed is Virginia's Enforced. There. Their latest record available now on Century Media. But I want to go back a little bit to their retaliation demo. And we're going to go out on the title track from that. In the meantime, and in between time, that's it. This has been a, a Splitting the Atom episode of Radioactive Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.
Nation! <laughs>